Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa mawala wa ba'd. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Uh, all praise and thanks are due solely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Traces peace, blessings and salutations upon our master and exemplar Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. I welcome you to this Isnad Academy podcast where I... I'm going to be discussing with a few close friends of mine about a topic that's been on my mind and it's been kind of bothering me for uh, quite some time and that is the issue regarding Quran education um, and tonight we're going to flesh this topic out in this episode uh, so with me I have Hafiz Salim Pik, Hafiz Maulana Qari, my friend Salim Pik. Uh, ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu Brother Maulana Sheikh Imam Podcaster Irshad Siddiq. Very nice to speak to you here on this platform. And hello to all the listeners as well. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. To you and the second guest for uh, to, for this particular episode of this podcast is going to be our dear friend and technologically challenged brother uh, Ahmed Solomon. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. Alhamdulillah. sorry for that introduction, but if I'm not if technologically the, challenged, man. Okay. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm technologically entertaining. Mashallah, that's a beautiful way of putting it, man. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Can you still hear me? We can hear you. Okay, to start okay. this off, look, we, I don't want to make this is a fun podcast, right? Where we just talk life. It's very similar to our Abu Tazkiyah platform that we have in Ramadan, which I can't <laughs> wait for, by the way. Um, so there's some serious stuff, but then there's also some, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, just keep it, keep it real. So, to start off with, I'm going to say, Salim, yes, sir. give us a joke. What did the fish say when he swam into the wall? Damn. MashaAllah. I was going to laugh at that one. Was funny. But I can't. I'm, I'm laughing because you can always depend on Salim to deliver. Yeah. And that is exactly why I said, Salim, give us a joke because I knew, look here, I can have that sound effect ready. <laughs> <laughs> and regardless of what he's going to say, I'm going to be able to press that. Okay, let me tell you why I've been trying to, to put this conversation together uh, for such a long time. Salim, you're still laughing. My brain's not so quiet like it used to be either. I, <laughs> okay. Now, wait, come, listen. You're listening? I'm still laughing, bro. Oh, so I have to keep space now only for like the... I try to keep it for the more important stuff that I need to remember. But all the jokes used to just come out so one at a time after madrasa. Right. So here's the thing, right? Uh, I was thinking about this for a while. In fact, for years. And I know I've had this discussion individually with you guys and with other people as well. And the discussion is as follows. Whenever somebody wants to become pious and learn deen or they want that for their family member specifically their son their daughter etc one of the first things they think about and one of the first things they decide on is oh uh, we need to go study hayv um and my experience with hayv then i must uh, add this year i'm not a hafiz i feel like i'm a lifelong hayv student um so I've got a bit of a unique experience with Haven that I did not start studying Haven when I was very young. My parents didn't send me to go and study Haven. My first exposure to the Quran on a serious basis was Arabic and the understanding thereof. So from two Hufad, um one who's, who's uh, you know, dedicated to the sciences all around and and others dedicated to not only uh, learning and teaching the Quran but also has his own high school I would like your opinion on this trend let's start with uh, brother Ahmed what do you say what's your opinion about this idea that look yeah, I want to get closer to Allah I want to become Salih I think also the first thing is um, the context of this discussion is important right um, because uh, a lot of what a lot of what we can and are possibly going to say um, if not understood in the correct context could potentially 
you know, be somewhat contradictory. Um, in the context, I think um, you've made quite clear that, look, if the objective is drawing closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or living more piously or um, living a life of, you know, reconnecting to Allah in a life of deen, that, uh, you know, go for heaven, right? Um, I think it's rooted by maybe just um, good intention in that, you know, uh, as a hafiz and the expectation of a hafiz, and that's something, you know, that I think we can discuss on its own, like what's the expectation of a hafiz when you're talking just here in Cape Town at least, you know, when someone's hafiz, what do you expect? But um, the, 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 so the good intention of, you know, what's expected of a hafiz, but, um, but a misunderstanding of what the process entails when it comes to drawing close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, a misunderstanding of what is that journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, um, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a challenging one because, um, you know, parents choose hifd, uh, um, like you're saying, to be that thing that look at, you know, for the children or even for themselves that, you know, they want to draw close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the hifd itself, potentially, I, I feel that the way it's presented, so it's, it, for me, it actually looks like a, like a, almost like a, like a, like a two-ended, like a, a problem from both sides. Man. So there's pros like and the, cons is what you're saying. One end. No, no, what I'm saying, not pros and cons, I'm saying, it's a problem from either or, like from, from different ends. In other words, from a parent's perspective, putting a child in a high school, right? Expecting it to be that point of them drawing closer to Allah and so on and so forth, which which uh, predominantly for the way have this thought here in Cape Town and the style that we're using in the institutions of what, of what is being offered, predominantly that's not the case. So the, the, the reason I'm saying it's a challenge from both ends is from the high school's perspective, why is it not me? Right? Um, and again, I think from both ends, it's it's the potentially just what are the contributing factors or the components of a journey drawing closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Man. Okay, okay. I, I, I want to get back to you on that point. I'm going to jump over to Salim now. Uh, listen, uh, Ahmed was obviously talking about like from a, a child's perspective and, and parents sending the kids. But now somebody comes to you, right? Some mature person, whether they're in the teens or in the 20s or whatever the case may be. And they say, listen, uh, I want to do hiv. As I knew it, what? Everybody could uh, recite Quran. This was my experience of people that was around me and people that I knew. And, you know, when I got into the realm of teaching adults, it was at the beginner level. And I was like super, super duper shocked to see how many adults can't even read Quran. So um, I came out of an environment of teaching kids uh, memorization. Um uh, I, did, I didn't do it for too long, but of my experience at the time, it was uh, generally when kids started taking longer to come do a, a health program. And, and uh, this was, of course, something that over the years became something sort of strange. When I learned it was perhaps two to three years. And then years down the line, then it was yeah, three to five years, kids are taking to complete the memorization. And then more years down the line, then it was like a guy in the first year, then he finished. One or two Jews of, you know, in a full-time program, we finish only two Jews. Now what is going on, man? So something is, something is arcing for somewhere along the line here, uh, in terms of learning and teaching and, and everything in the, in the kids' uh, uh, realm of learning and teaching of memorization. Uh, along with my experience now of being among adults and seeing the need of adults, uh, let alone memorization, just ability to recite. So, I mean, I'm trying to connect dots here. There's big people that can't recite. Mm. And there's a whole lot of Khiv uh, Madrasas that is filling up with students with the intention that they memorize Quran. Mm. So, what is going on here? This seems to me, Allah A'lam, but um, like a generation past. That, you know, okay, I didn't do this. Um, here's opportunity for you. I can work a bit harder and so on, but we can send you to high school, you can skip a few years, and you can go learn the Quran because I didn't get that opportunity or I didn't make that use of that opportunity when I was your age. Right. So now, people are, alhamdulillah, over the last while, um, again, in my experience now that I've been teaching adult recitation, um, there's been an encouragement amongst adults to recite. So I'm thinking that, you know, 
this is a, a, a like a big gap in the in the system over here where we have kids that's coming in um but not necessarily having support structure at home uh, of adults or parents that can recite yes and i mean okay but but do, the, uh, just a quick question uh, do they do they even understand that support structure uh, yes there's many that do there's many that do i mean with well, with most and and i would assume all khidmat madrasas but uh, they get the parents must in and they tell them check it here this is the story this is what is required from the child this is required from you as the parent and so forth and so on um uh whether they are able whether they themselves are able to to provide the support structure or not uh is another uh, question right um and then of course many a time there isn't there isn't at all because i mean i've spoken to some teachers subhanallah that uh, you know the kid is staying with his grandparents and you no know, there's no mommy and daddy or whatever the case may be and as yelda will be part so that type of a thing man there are these situations that might be at my theory but uh, they are the amen so people have the consciousness of quran is good and quran is important um however you know the fact that all the cogs in the clock are not working together and perhaps some of them are even broken is causing that the whole time is out okay so ahmed with with regards to kids uh wanting to study health or parents wanting to send the kids studying health or even young adults you know wanting to study health do you think that a large percentage of people fall in love with the idea of being a hafiz but don't really know what they're getting themselves into and what it is that they're signing up for definitely i found it numerous times a lot of the times you know the idea and it's not just the idea necessarily potentially you know the Uh, the virtues that they know are attached to a hafiz and the honor attached to a hafiz um but the journey itself you know today just subhanallah i was speaking to the students at our institution saying that hey this is a lifelong journey man and unless you fall in love with the journey then it's going to be tough because i personally know of so much have students who got into it and either just finished because they had to or stopped halfway along the way and even if they finished because they had to the moment they were done they put the most half down and they never you know wanted to return to it man so for me it's a very it's a very misunderstood um i would say science really and what it entails and um what it's about to such a degree that we've we're actually planning now um for our institution like a health preparatory program um you know just to give them a clear idea look at this is how this is a lifelong journey that that means the <coughs> ask the the ask from this journey um or the demand from this journey is that um you know your life in a is going to have to um you know not be the same and this 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 is always going to be that element of my connection my maintenance my my uh, my time that i dedicate towards this book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like i like to tell students that you're not choosing to become a hafiz because that's allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who chooses that we make the choice of do i want to make quran a part of my day every day for the rest of my life that's what we choose okay and, you know through that dedication through that commitment of giving that time within allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within prayer allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses us to be of those who Okay, no, I like that. So you know what it comes down to is is that you're not you you you're not buying into the the process of memorizing. You you're actually supposed to buy into the lifestyle of being a reciter of the Quran every day of your life, because that's the objective and that's really the the definitely that's actually and that's just the objective when it comes to the memorization aspect. that's just the, the 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 understanding when it comes to the recitation aspect and the retention aspect like you mentioned earlier in the podcast when you opened up this podcast that um you know when people look at this journey to allah and drawing closer to allah and um you know those are those are separate components different components additional components because reading for your 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 your, your revision and reading for your learning your new work and um you know the reading to try and understand and reading to ponder on the verses these are like separate components of the journey altogether 
Okay. Salim, you still there? I'm here. Bismillah. Okay, look here. I, I want to ask you straight up, man. What what should a person know before they, they dive into this journey of Hev? What is it in terms of dedication that they need to be willing to commit to for the rest of their lives? As opposed to thinking that they're only committing to a two-year program or a three-year program. Bismillah. Um, I'm trying to think of an answer that doesn't involve the word passion. And I mean, that is most something that is immeasurable, man. But that's something that only comes after years and years of strife and struggle and you don't see passion, man. And I mean, subhanAllah, Sheikh Ahmad and myself, we were at the same Ustad many, many years ago. And, you know, students all had their own experiences. And at times it was like tough, man. It was like really, really tough, especially like the time that we learned in. And like the time now is totally different as well, man. So I couldn't say exactly, you know, quantify this and quantify that. But just to give an idea, um, schools today, as compared to schools yesteryear, uh, our school in particular, again, I can only speak from my experience, but our learning time was in the morning and presentation time. And afternoons, you were to stay at Madrasa and assist with the students that come in the afternoon. Man. So you were a student teacher for as long as you were a full-time student. And thereafter, it was couplets and then you go home at like five o'clock. Then you must all go learn and you must be so and ready for the next day. Otherwise, you know, you must leave for the whole weekend, man. And that's how is how performance was kept up. Today, it's, you know, I come to school at 8 o'clock. If I don't know who is going to raise me, what, what, 2 o'clock, my love can fetch me, I'm going to go home. It's not so of I'm going to stay overtime or teacher's going to stay behind with me. The teachers have other commitments after school as well, and we understand that. So, um, uh, in terms of the dedication, it now takes so much more from the home environment to keep results up and to keep a uh, recitation up to standard. Okay, like Alhamdulillah, I I was afforded the the support structure of a very, very supportive father. Man. Alhamdulillah, throughout my youth, uh, b- before my youth, um, and like till today, Alhamdulillah, he's there. And when I will give a talk or uh, it's a recitation or whatever, he's there. Man. And it was Sundays going to Khatams and you know, skipping family time or skipping this event because you have to go recite Quran there and skipping that family event and coming late to that family event because there's commitment to Quran over here and uh, there's a class happening over here so you have to get out of bed early in the morning or whatever, it's a revision program there and you need to go and recite. Um, it's something that of course evolved over time but uh, it wouldn't be there now again like without that support structure man and that is i think where a lot of students perhaps get lost in the cracks they have that support or maybe extra support while they are busy learning but uh, once that sort of initial journey uh, comes to an end then that same support that was there initially doesn't continue Um, and you know they just find them at the wayside Uh, I, I, i i speak nothing bad towards any hafiz and towards any parent of any hafiz um but i mean we know these things and 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 we see these things man and to give another example um it's perhaps not a, such a very good example to give but um the amount of hufad uh let's say this now in in in, in cape town the amount of mihrabs for uh, uh, they are far less than the amount of hufad that they are at present in the Cape Town area, man. And there's only so many hufad that, for example, would recite uh, Taraweeh at a certain masjid. And then perhaps there's a number that would recite at houses. So those that are the hufad, uh, um, is everyone sort of taking up the opportunity of being that hafiz of what he had learned and taken from the Qur'an, uh, for that few years of his life has he gone on a mission or continued his mission in terms of giving back as well man um, that's something perhaps that also we need to look at and review because that may be a support structure if uh, implemented in a very very big scale among so far could uh, change the way that you know the, the, the fraternity and support structure as it is would work and operate 
Okay, uh, um, I, I, I get it. I get it. Sure uh, the, uh, all over the, show, yeah. the support structure is good. Uh, so, I mean, it's like important, man. It's like super but important. And if the, if the kids don't get that now, it's going to be even harder for them to firstly, number one, uh, uh, traverse this huge part of the journey. And then even the more greater goal, which is like uh, Brother Ahmad, uh, Sheikh Ahmad was uh, emphasizing, is um, the connection to Allah, man. And that's most now inevitably what we want. Right. Um, okay, so no, now, now this is this is now when it when it really gets to the 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 interesting bits that I think a lot of people overlook. Ahmed, I want to come back to you here. So, uh, in the, I know in the past this was quite prevalent. I don't know. You might want to comment on how it is today, but uh, a light is naughty. Um, they don't want to listen, etc. The parent thinks, you know what? You need Allah in your life. Send them to learn hayf. Okay, that's the one thing. The other thing is. Um, a person who decides on their own or a child who decides on their own that listen mommy daddy I want to go and study it's a big decision I feel from what I've observed and I mean my experience is far less than than, than you guys but from what I've observed it's like does this parent or does this child understand that look here what you're actually buying into is that for the rest of your life you need to recite a Jews or two ajaza, or three ajaza, every single day. Not for the next two or three years, but every single day. And on top of that, you are min hamalatil Qur'an. You are a carrier of the Qur'an. So your, your uh, mannerisms, your ethics, your models, your, the way you conduct yourself, your character, needs to match uh, that, that endeavor. Man. Do you think most people understand this or that most people don't understand this or what's your thoughts on this uh, from just my observation i think um uh, a lot of people like i don't think they really understand the reality of it man like if you talk about it and even my experience with parents so at our institution we we interview the the the, the students right before they start but the interview it happens with the parents and more of our focus is actually on the parents man because the child is a child and what we do at the institution is we see how they learn and how they adjust and but as parents you most of the time sit in your ways so what are you thinking how are your thoughts what's your mindset around this um and most parents we find in these interviews that they don't really the reality of it man like if you tell them no you challenge watch every day and stuff and then the reality of it, I don't think they understand, man. When it comes to getting up and waking him up in the morning, like, you know, you asked Mullah Salim about like, like getting ready for what you're up, what you're in for and stuff. Today, I was just remembering how my father used to wake me up four o'clock in the morning, goes back to bed when I'm learning and then I must wake him up when I'm done. Then I wake him up again at five o'clock and then he listens to me again. Then he tells me what mistakes I made. Then he goes back to bed. Now, later on, he tells me most of the time he wasn't even, he was he didn't even understand. He was just making like he was listening. But yes, was, you know, the, the amount that you have to put in man, is, is a lot. And, and and he was just there to to be there, to be part of the journey, Achieve. to assist, to help, to get me up, to motivate me. And and it's a it's it's a tough journey that people don't really, you know, understand. And I think that um, you know, just to mention in your first comment about, you know, the naughty boys going for hair and stuff like that. And like you said, it was prevalent um years back. But I, I don't I really think there's been a massive shift in climate parents who nice. you know are coming from even, you know, top schools are opting to leave for a bit to bring the kids in. And it's 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 looking for that virtue man. It's looking for that, you know, that the child who's a half of man. Nice. It's looking for that uh that character building process man. They're looking for that um you know I want to see a half of man. And and that's why I say it's 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 a it's a it's a, it's, it's for our parents to understand but at the same time, it's for our high schools to raise the level, man. Right. You know, to to say, look here, we have now and we must be producing this half. And even the Hufal to understand, like, you know, you mentioning like, uh, you know, you are Hamilul Quran, right? I would like to challenge, or not challenge, but like ask, what what does that mean? Is a Hamilul Quran one who has memorized the Quran? Man? Mm. Because our kids, and I make a joke with him about it. I'm like, if you memorize the Quran, you're the same like a USB. <laughs> I copy the whole Quran into USB and when I click play then it's going to play right so what's the difference between you and the USB you have the ability to ponder to dabur to look behind to think to, to to look what is behind these words what is the meanings what is the lessons if you're close to a USB but you're not a USB 
You were USA. I said it out three times and my mic was down. Okay. Um, yeah, try try joke episode, so, people. Um, don't don't shoot me. Um, yeah, fadl. <laughs> so um, so yeah, that's really um, you know, that's really my take on it, man. You know, are you sending your child to be a half of the Quran, or are you sending your child to be one who has memorized the Quran? Because now, and this this is my this is really Mulana. I don't know if I'm going to be taking the focus away from what you really wanted to discuss, but my thing is, man, if you're sending your child to say he's going to be a hafiz, he must yes. carry himself differently. He must, um, you know, he must love the words that he's memorized. Yes. How does he, how does he even know what it is he's carrying, man? Right, right. Okay, and interesting. I was 11 and I started memorizing. And now for you to tell me now, you love the Quran, I'm like, what are you telling me? Yeah. Uh, Live the Quran. All what does I know that even is mean? What I see from you as my parents. All I know is what I see from my environment. And all I know is I memorized the book that I don't know what it is. Right, right. So, how can you tell me live the book? It's mm. like I give you a, a GPS and it's in Japanese and it's giving you directions and I tell you follow the directions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. This is interesting so, because so, now. So, yeah, yeah. So are you sending your child? Are you sending your child? to just go mechanically memorize, right? Now you've memorized it. And I'm not taking, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking any of the virtual way of memorizing the Quran. Of course, But of I'm course. saying that if we can really understand the definitions of what it is or the expectation on, on our, what is the expectation from someone who's just memorized the Quran. Mm. Like people, people, if they say you're half, they're like, oh, mashallah, lead the salah. I've met people who's memorized the entire Quran, 16 years old, and they don't understand the basics of salah. Right. Like but but people just think automatically because you you know the so Quran. So you, in yes, front. yes, yes, and that's telltale signs of a community who doesn't understand what it is that Hufar are getting when they send him to learn Hifz. Right. Mm. It's like oh, he's Hafid, which means like can lead the salah. Mm. Okay, he's Hafid, he can you know make dua. Okay, he's Hafid, but like you know what are the process that that they are actually going through, man. So if we look from a parent perspective, from an individual perspective, like, okay, I want to learn hifz, then understand hifz, you know, if you understand it, love one, you know, you're going to just memorize the the, the, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and maintain it. And there's virtue in that, there's a reward in that. There's lots and lots of reward in that. that what, you, what you're really identifying is that don't look at hifz as the journey, but rather as a step in the journey, one one leg of the journey, but it's just a part of many parts that actually completes your your journey for you. And that you can't look at Hayfd as, right, okay, I memorized the Quran, so I've got it. No, you've still got the understanding of the Quran to go, you've got the, the uh, Qira'ah to go, you've got the um, Akhlaq to go, the application of it to go, you must still learn the fiqh and, and how to live that Quran that you've that you that you've, that you've memorized. Uh, Salim, I've, I've I want you to comment on that as well, but in addition, what is the, what do you think about this, right? And I, I know I discussed this with you in person many years ago, but somebody comes to me and they tell me, listen, I want to recite the Quran. And I know it's going to sound funny to the listeners, but imagine I tell them, look, don't, don't, don't memorize the Quran. You, you, you're starting at the wrong point in the journey. You should first get to the point where you can batcha one juice a day consistently every single day and if you can do that for more than two months more than three months every single day you batcha that juice then you know you have what it takes to start the journey of health what are your thoughts on this bismillah so yeah it, uh, that was actually coming a uh, part of the experience that i i gained when teaching adults because i mean when I started with adults and I saw they kind of went like what's your problem and how are they going to memorize and uh, even with then I thought but I mean this can be done with students as well so the idea was actually exactly that just as a fifth student would remember that would revise after he's done having memorized the Quran why not let the students revise in that way before they start memorizing the Quran you, you, you're going a bit then, softy uh, Salim can you just can you hear me now yes 
the way that they revise after they memorized. Why don't we let them revise like that before they memorize? Right. That way, they don't yet have the pressure, the responsibility, the whatever of memorizing the Quran first, uh, and then they don't have sort of the sphere of forgetting it. I mean, I I remember with a very very good friend of mine, uh, very very close. I don't think I should mention his name right now, but also having the sort of intention to memorize the Quran. And he went about it by making himself fluent first before the, the memorizing a stitch of Quran. Man. And that made his whole memorization process easier. Right. So um, uh, what people sometimes are looking for when they say they want to memorize the Quran is not that. It is the idea of connection to Quran. Man. Mm. And the first outlet or the first avenue that we think that is connection is Hivr. Which is why we have this very, very strong... Uh, connection to it man. Uh, and then what follows that is that uh, it must happen in a certain way so it must go to full time school and then we take our kids out of school and they must go to full time madrasa which and is a major big move to do I mean? yeah. there's so many other formats that it can be done in it just needs for us to think a little bit more and differently outside of the box and to have a committed enough student that is ready to understand that this is a, a, a long distance race going on here man. right right um, and not just uh, this two-year, three-year program no, that you're going to start and stop. No, they must understand that from the beginning. This is a long-distance program. And I mean, of course, that is an easy way even for, for him schools to like sort of take a litmus test. How's this guy with his reading before uh, he starts memorizing? You know what I mean? <laughs> if he proves himself in his reading and he, and he develops that way, then memorization would, of course, come easier. Mm, mm. Uh, what I see, alhamdulillah, and I mean, I, I give testimony for my own kids, and it's a very, very good school, alhamdulillah. Uh, but I mean, the teacher's approach is, again, exactly like this. Uh, read and give him, a, a, not a small amount, but give him a big amount of reading. And I mean, he just very, very recently went into the Quran, alhamdulillah. So he finished the surah, went into the Quran. They give him a lot of listen, and he reads, hakentak, but every day is hakentak improves to the next day, man. Mm. So now it's less I can take off the offer juice than what it was right at the beginning. So what if he continues, just leave him and I let him I can take for another juice and another juice. Soon, it will be like he's, like he learned how to read English, for example. Right. And they, and they pick up the English and once upon a time, and then you'll see in a couple of years time, they're reading English fluently. Yes, so yes. So read Arabic in the exact same way. Yes. And uh, that sort of has been my encouragement to the adults to get back to your question right in the exact same way that you teach the kids you need to make that a part of your lifestyle that reading like you're saying that if that five minutes after every work um subhanallah i'm doing and i have to connect this because it's, it's so phenomenal the barakah of quran and the way that i learned quran uh i'm doing this other physical training things and menus had a, quite a bit of chatting about that as well but to bring this in and how i see physical training now and now I correlate that with Quran and Quran learning and coaching and training as well. It's really, really phenomenal the way that you can change a program and the way that you can get like the results, man. So I with consistency. Yes, with consistency. That is like the main ingredient of, of any different uh, syllabus or structure or type of program that you're going to have. Yeah. Um, and it, of course, must be stuck to. Doesn't yeah. matter what it is, you get the program, you stick to that specific program, you are consistent on it, and it will bring results, inshallah. Yeah, you, you know, know what, for, for, for anything in life, to be tested in, for anything in life that, that is worth striving for and that is like a major accomplishment, it's, its primary ingredient is consistency. Now, I actually want both of your thoughts on this before we wrap up because, uh, the, okay. Before I give you what I want you to comment on, I think there's a few aspects that need to be discussed and, and discussed thoroughly. There is primary education. Like, uh, what is the state of our primary education in, in, in terms of recitation? Like, how are madrasas doing it? Has it, after all these years, has it now been formalized? And is it uniform across the board? Um, where are we lacking? Are the teachers um, skilled and equipped and educated enough to, to pass on this knowledge to the kids? What's the state of affairs in the Ummah today? Then there is um, the whole process in Madaris of going through an entire surah, a very specific surah. Should it be a specific surah? Should it be a different surah? Is the surah good enough? Etc. Um, the idea of, 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 of doing 
you know, uh, madrasa once a week on a Saturday or on a Sunday. Uh, there's a lot with regards to that education. And obviously, we're not looking at all the other subjects yet. We're just looking at the Quran education. Then there's the uh, high school and, and what happens there. We know that there's a lot of challenges there. And then post high school, okay, what do you do? Do you go into a Hiv program? Do you go into a into a other type of program like a, you know, like an Arabic and Islamic studies course, right? Because that's also an option. Or... Even more so, do you do you take your kid out of school to go and do have so there's a lot of these discussions and 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 I think there's no you know broad broad guidelines for the community on this. There's no like a book that you can read to help you make these decisions. You have to basically go and consult uh, individuals and everybody's gonna give you their own perspective. And I don't think these discussions have been brought to the fore, which is why I'm so interested in it. And then of course, uh, with the various options, other than just memorizing the Quran, is also understanding the Quran. And, and that's a whole other perspective that, that many people are not familiar with yet because the popular one is still, you wanna learn Quran? That means you must learn Hiv, right? So there's, there's all of that that needs to be explored and then of course uh, a new venture that was encouraged by Mufti Taha Karan which is you know there needs to be a culture of Quran in every masjid so these are conversations that I would like to have with yourselves and others uh, who are in the field of, of Quran and Quran education I think these are important discussions with the objective of giving guidance to the community and to those who are who are interested to know you know there are people that would really need this knowledge okay so that's what uh, what I feel needs to be discussed going forward. But right now, I want your comments on, you know, Ahmad was mentioning, you know, have a program of like a hive prep type of program. But what if you have, you know, like a job shadowing thing, but for hive. So students who are interested in hive, there's a set course that takes place, let's say over the holiday period, where in one week, you have to come from eight until say two o'clock or three o'clock the afternoon and you'll be put through a rigorous program of hive on a few days of, of that one week and uh, a, another type of another type of venture for example like Arabic and, and Islamic studies like a Darun Naim type of thing or Ipsa type of thing or Medina or whatever the case may be so you get to see the differences and and what the one entails and what the other one entails and you can actually feel what it's like to be a health student before you take that plunge and actually get your parents to take you out of school or actually have your parents you know see what's happening there and i think it's so important in addition to to actually letting them see but also for the teachers to be able to give feedback to the parent and say you know what some people are cut out for health and some people are just not cut out for hive. Their talents would be elsewhere. And if you're going to put your child through this, they are going to struggle, um, and they're not going to be. They're not going to be happy in it. I'm just thinking out loud. Is this a good idea? Um, is it something that that would be of benefit? Is there something like this that exists currently? Um, what do you guys think? Let's start with uh, Ahmed. Well, you know, I'm the first. I have to. I have to. I just. I was going to jump out of my seat here. Yeah. When you mentioned, like, you know, who's cut out for Hayv, they're not cut out for Hayv, right? Um, I understand where you're coming from, right? But that's something that I, like, completely disagree with, man, in terms of any, in any shape or form, an assessment, a course that can actually make that determination, man. Because, wallahi, I've seen in our students and even... Um, people who was learning, who were learning with me, um, people who were learning when I went back to do my revision, the most surprising cases of people who, no matter what I know of a student who is currently still teaching Hiv, completed Hiv, went from school to school and almost every school, and if I must mention the schools, you'll know it's reputable names that said, you are not cut out for hiv. This child will never finish the Qur'an. This child was told that um, he must give up. He'll never be a hafiz. And um, today he's completed. He's teaching Qur'an. And um, I've seen this so many times. I had a student, subhanAllah, that, uh, that started and had such a bad stutter, right? A very, very bad stutter that um, it took me about 45 minutes to listen to just a few lines of his recitation. Now, generally, if someone's reading an average pace, they would read a page 
you know, in about, say, a minute to a minute and a half, maybe two minutes, right? He would take, like, for three or four lines, almost 40 minutes, and I would sit and listen and listen. But, wallahi, by the time, you know, I think when he was eight Jews, he was learning with me. So, if he was, when they, uh, the, the first year when we started, so we had slightly bit less students, and um, when uh, part of our system is if you five Jews, you must be able to read five Jews. He was eight Jews, and he was reading eight Jews on a Friday morning before Jumu'ah. The same boy that took 45 minutes to read three mm, or four lines. Mm. No, look, I, 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 I believe that. And, on. And, and I mean, I can't disagree with you because Allah says, But what I'm referring to is not like somebody with a, with, with a little bit of difficulty, like a stutter or maybe even a learning disability and so on. They could push through. But I definitely think you get certain psychological states that a person may be in... Um, or even just a, a, a non-willingness, you know, like a parent forces the child to learn and this child just doesn't want to regardless of what they are trying and regardless of what the teachers try. This is just not what the child wants. You know, they, I, I'm sure that, that most instances could be overcome with, with some strategy, but certainly you're going to get cases wherein uh, this is just not for that person. The strategy in that case, Molana, I'm after cutting here. Would be yeah. to leave them alone and you know or or, or rather like uh, tamaf not leave them alone to passively influence via quran and with quran so in that case the structure would do like every single thing and not and that person would just go about their own way man mm. you know what i mean mm. it's like as your man and say type of a thing so Right. Yeah, there, like I would, I, I've seen parents who just say, no, it doesn't matter. No matter what you're telling mm. me, we're not going to give up. Mm. And then mm. if you don't want to teach him, I'll put him in another mm. school. Mm. Right. And uh, and they just keep going and they never give up. And they, like mm. when Salim was saying earlier, you know, yeah. that consistency, they just keep mm. going, they just keep going. No matter what people are saying, they're saying, mm. look, he can't mm. memorize. Like we mm. give it to him five minutes later, it's gone, he can't, he yes. can't. Wallahi, and that's why I'm so passionate about it because I've seen it man, over and over. Mm-hmm. So, look, I know that was like just part of what and, you asked me to comment on, right? And I just thought I'd share my thoughts with that. Um, yeah? Ahmad, in, no, just in that case, man, I mean, you're saying that, that persistence, oh. na, when it comes from the parents, owner, you don't know of that dua of the parents for the child, man. And sometimes it's like yeah. perfectly in its place, na, and after all that hard graph, na, the child does make it through, man. But maybe on the other side, there is the persistence yeah. and the parent makes a dua and the dua isn't accepted and the child doesn't make it through. We don't know, man. Yeah, but look, I'm it scares me. It scares me what you guys are saying. Like a positive or a negative thing, man. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Because look, don't know. At, at, on, the ones, on the one hand... Those who are studying with me, those who are studying with me will know that we know someone that took nine years hmm. with the And that's like... Yeah. Again, again, look, anyone, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure all of us can pull out positive cases. But at, mm. on the other hand, I've also heard of people who secretly hate the Quran because oh, of what they were put through. Or, or mm. they hate the experience that they had. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for, them, it, for them, it comes down to the same thing, right? I mean, in, in essence, yes, they hate the experience, but... Uh, it's very difficult to 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 divorce the experience wow. from look. Yeah. The okay, I think listening to you, listening to your concern, listening to your concern. Tafadal. No, Bismillah, Ahmad. Tafadal. Okay, I'll Tafadal. Um, listening to your concern now, Mr. Ishaan. I waited. Hey, okay. you to me. Nine years and what's the name? We always looked at it as being like a negative man because of the fact that. Uh, as much now full time, but what if it wasn't full time? That's just the thing with adult learning. So Alhamdulillah, I have I have a student, one student that's with me now for about seven or eight years, uh, almost nine years maybe, and they had memorized mm. half of the Quran. Alhamdulillah, about ten Jews they did with me, and five Jews they did on their own previously. Mashallah. Twice a week. This was like the tertib over the last couple of years. He's been reading consistently on his own. And I've been there as a accountability partner type of thing. Lovely. Twice a week and he goes over his lessons and I advise. And I will, you know, we started on reading inside the Quran. And he's been journeying with himself and learning his own lessons and back lessons and so on. 
and you know uh yeah show me one one of the sahaba that memorized the quran even in the two years the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam subhanallah 23 years to memorize the entire quran yes it was revealed in the entire 23 years but i mean the idea was exactly that man it shouldn't be a two year injection it should be uh every single time you're gonna get a new story you know what i mean that lesson is gonna slack you most man and i love what you're saying I, I love what you're saying Kassam it, 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 it's, it's my belief but mm. at the other, on the other side I also do understand that you know mm. uh, education develops mm. over time and then you know mm. we streamline it and you know we have a program mm. and so on and it has its pros mm. and its cons and, but that's mm. another conversation yeah. I still want to know about the thing that I asked you guys about well, uh, <laughs> about the whole me, prep let me, thing let me quickly jump in here right um, let me quickly jump in here Right, because me and Mona Salim spoke the same time just now, and then he spoke now. I want to speak quickly and tell you this one thing quickly. I think, right, that you, I can, I'm kind of starting to hear where you coming from, Mona Ishad. Right, when you mentioned the people who now, I don't even know where I'm coming from, but okay, okay. Bismillah. Was half down. Like I'm, I'm just listening, right? Like they put the mushaf down. They don't want to. They secretly hate Quran. They like it was the worst period. It was now. That is reality, and I don't think that that is tied into, you know, he's not capable, um, or he is capable. I think that's tied into a different challenge, which we have in community, and I'm seeing it over and over. And it's more so with the with the younger kids, because when you come to adult learning, it's it's a choice you make. Yes. You know, you try it, it doesn't work. You Absolutely. Eat, right. There's nothing there. This issue exists in youth, who's placed in that. Um, space where they don't want to be yes. forced to finish that. Yes, exactly. Now that can be the same for anything, not just Quran. Yes. People who hate high school, people who hated, you know, in any period. So there the issue is lies at that miscommunication between parent and child. Yeah. Look yeah. Now, you know, all, all I was saying, all I was saying is that you do get scenarios in which a child is just not for that whatever reason is not going to be cut out for this journey because they're not yeah. wanting it and oh. and they're being forced it you know or they're being forced fed this journey by whoever and in what oh. by any means necessary so so my yeah. my my point is not the specific yeah. scenario it's just that you would get some scenarios yeah. in which uh, in which people have to just look here yes uncle auntie stop hitting your child man your child is coming in you're crying every day etc uh, yeah. etc et but anyway Again, like I said, that's a whole other discussion. We must talk about capital punishment and, you know, the fact that we clearly saw it worked in the past and probably still today works, but et cetera, et cetera. So that's another discussion which must be, which must be had. But I, I would really like to hear your thoughts on, on a program where parents and potential uh, students can actually engage in what life is like as a hafid or student of the Quran from a different perspective before they take the plunge and actually sign up for full-time studies? My, my initial thoughts, right, is that, um, is that it will be a bit challenging to replicate the actual process, right? We can replicate time frames because what we find even in an institution where a student comes, right? So the way we divide classes, right? There's a certain amount of students in the class that are just starting out. And there's a certain amount that are, you know, halfway through and then there's a certain amount that's going towards the towards the, the end part of the memorization journey, right? Because a student who's just starting out Right now, remember they don't have the thirty Jews to recite. They don't have the five Jews door to be revising in the morning. They don't have you know uh, three quarter Jews to fix up of, of recent work. So if they're gonna get up at four in the morning and have nothing to do, it's gonna be like, okay, we're up at four. We're reading this few lines, um, and, and 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 even in the start of the journey, like we we tell parents, the journey for the child is gonna development. So we don't expect him to sit three, four hours from the start. In the beginning, just create that consistency. Okay, so they get up at five um, or they get up at four at every time and they, they, they read the lesson. The lesson takes them actually only 15 minutes and they're actually ready for the next day. But now also what, we, what people don't understand is that you develop into your journey. 
Nobody comes and is able to read mm. five Jews mm. like just like that, man. You can't just all of a sudden open the Quran and read it, you know, six Jews a day, four hours a day, and it's right. sustainable, man. Right. So a process like that, I feel, would potentially almost even scare people. If, I mean, you guys were mentioning fitness earlier. You don't come and run 21 kilometers, man. You might physically make it to the end, but my God, you're never going to want to look at a running trail again. You got to start and you pace um, yourself. And you do a kilometer and then five and then six. And yeah, you yeah, you're right. Even so though my first race was a 21k. That would be my concern. But um, I, I get you and you're making yeah, perfect you, sense. The exception to the <laughs> no, 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 no. You are making a very good point. I do think, however, that, you know, with some, some strategy and some thought, we could potentially create a, a, a workshop type of program where uh, a picture is painted as vividly as possible with as you said the schedules um the amount of reading um the the environment of of, of reading quran i mean just give you a small example when i started at darunaim right i moved from high school uh learning in a desk to sitting on the floor from eight o'clock till one o'clock my legs couldn't take it it was like it was crazy uncomfortable. Other people who, who were hofad uh, and so forth, yeah. they were in their element. So for me, that was that was a a, a, a learning experience in and of itself. And um, I would assume the same thing applies to hayf. And that's just one element. But so so all I'm saying is not necessarily replicate it exactly as it is going to be two years down the line, three years down the line. But some idea of of what it is that's what job shadowing is i mean you go and you work with an engineer for the day or whatever at least you just get an insight as to what engineering is all about uh, the reason i'm saying so is i just find yeah. that um so many students so many young boys and girls and you mustn't forget about the girls here because the dynamic is different for them as well i mean they don't get the ramadan taraweeh leading the salah for the family or for the masjid but so many hufad are called half this and half that but they don't they don't they don't have this, the tools to love the Qur'an, number one. They don't even know what it means to love the Qur'an. They don't have the basics, as you said, of salah and tahara and things like that. Uh, often when, when, when it comes to Ramadan, I find out who the Hufad are going to be leading the salah at the masjid. And I, and I offer them, look, I want, you, I want you to come to me and at least for two hours, let me give you the basics of leading the salah. Because we can't just assume that you know, unless you're telling me that you already studied it. Um, and you can see even in the, in the, in the tahara and things like that, they, they leave much to be desired. Not everyone, but you get cases like this. And you get cases of, of, of students who after they've memorized the Quran in their three-year program, their two-year program, within the first year after that, they forgot most of what they memorized because they, they, they were only in it for the program. You know, they were not in it for the long haul. They, they don't know what life is like as a uh, Hamilul Quran. So this is just some of the things that I, I, I think about and I feel. And yeah, I just thought I'd get your perspective on that. But I hear you. Uh, point taken, you can't replicate it exactly as it is, simply because it's not the same at the beginning as it is a couple of months down the line or a year down the line. I'd like to hear Salim's thoughts on this one as well. Uh, Salim, mm. what do you think? What you're saying is very, very apt and very important, Manda. The job shadowing part, um, the idea of them seeing what it is like and what the processes are that are involved. Um, I think a step before that actually comes the idea of inspiring towards Quran. That is something that is a level that is going to appeal to uh, younger students, um, teenagers, young adults, uh, older adults, middle-aged adults, very, very old people. How do we inspire them to Quran? Each one of them is going to have a language of their own that they're going to be speaking. And the Qur'an speaks that language. So how do we connect the two? Um, in terms of everybody's different stage of life. Um, yeah, the Qur'an speaks to them. And the Qur'an can speak, man. And it is for us that, alhamdulillah, I have journeyed through these different stages to now look back and retrospectively say, look here, that is the message that I probably would have liked to hear at 10 years old. Because mm. I'm seeing that message now and it's like, yo, the first time I heard Shia Ahmad uh, mention to me the story, or to us, like last year, was um, 
Abu Tazkiyah, like the perspective of Nabi Nuh and his son, man. One of the perspectives that you spoke of, the, like, that's your child, man. And you know, there's a certain limitation that even comes in there between a parent and a child. So, I mean, this is something that I learned after so many years. I didn't see that aspect of the explanation of that verse and what I could have taken from the Amen. And that was right for me now at this age that I am with the children that I now have, alhamdulillah. And maybe looking up from a seven or ten year old perspective at that age, I would have seen the same verse differently, man. And now at the adult, I can see it differently. So I need to teach that small lady from this verse. Check it here. This is how this thing looks. And he has it in the Quran. And he will then be inspired. Um, shukran, shukran. And, and to each on a level. And to each on a level, yeah. Exactly like that, to each on a level. And to every aspect that that person is involved in their life, subhanAllah. This is beauty of Quran, man. Fitness again that came up earlier. How many ayat in Quran... وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَفَلَا تُبْصِرُونَ And you can give this bracha hard bayan of his running and his strength tactic and what what and it's related here to strength and physicality that is mentioned in the Quran. That man will be inspired, my bro. How are we going to inspire them? And if we inspire them, if they don't know how to read, they will learn how to read. If mm. they know how to read, they will memorize. Absolutely. If they have memorized and they forgot, they will re-memorize. And Mashallah. if they have already memorized, they will continue and go up another tier and ijaza and qiraat and understanding how are we going to inspire them? How are we going to inspire ourselves? That is number one. Sheikh, Bismillah. Sheikh, you just, dropped, you just dropped the bomb. Give your names, brothers. I have something for me, Maaf. The, the timing of this is nice, Mona. But my tijd van achter die paal is wichtig. Uh, oh, you know. <laughs> my tijd van achter die paal wichtig is klaar. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Don't laugh, no. My tijd van achter die paal wichtig is klaar. Mashallah. Um, and there's a mission. And this is the mission, inshallah. I feel so inspired, Mona, when, 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 when students come na, on a regular to the class, man. And they're improving themselves with Quran. Na, it's, it, it's inspiring me so much. To want to inspire more uh, people out there, man. To say, check it here. Pacha, man. Wherever you are, however you are, pacha. If you got up dust, you don't have dust, pacha. If wherever you're going, put the Quran on there, listen to it, pacha. And and your life will be better, man. Everything will be better, you know. Subhanallah. Um, you you're inspiring I mean, me now, uh, like you like you wouldn't believe. Um, I mean. Ahmed uh, and Salim, I mean, you you guys can see there's a lot to discuss and I think it's mm. important for us to bring these conversations to the fore. Ahmed, you still with us? Okay. So I, I want to ask you as a closing comment, uh, what advice would you give to the to the person who, who's sitting and listening now or running and listening or driving and listening, whatever the case may be. And this person is thinking, yo, I, I really want to get closer to Allah and I really want to improve my relationship with the Quran. Um, now, bear in mind, it may be a hafi, that may be an, a former hafi, if I can call it that. It may be a young person, it may be an elderly person, it may be somebody who cannot recite, and it may be somebody who can recite, but they're very lazy in reciting. It may even be somebody who recites regularly. So, right across the board, you have the opportunity to give them nasiha because they're now inspired by Sheikh Salim's dropping the bomb there. What would you tell them? Um, I would say that have, it all comes down to, you know, intention. And I would say have an intention to fall in love with the Quran. Um, it's, it's a tough journey. And, you know, like, like a real true love story, you push through the tough times and the challenging times because you value, you know, what it is that you that you're gaining and what it is that you that you're drawing from that relationship. So I would say start with an intention to fall in love with the Quran. Because at times it becomes bitter. I'm not even gonna say you're gonna start and immediately fall in love with the Quran or you're gonna start and you're just gonna love Quran. Um you know like any true love it's gonna be built over time. And uh, then you, then all the diverse stuff we discussed tonight and, you know, it just will be bumps in the road, man, on a journey that, inshallah, one day you're going to look back and say, Yo, subhanallah, you know, this is where I am. And, 
Alhamdulillah, it's three in, the, three in the morning and I've chosen to sit with the kalam of Allah rather than be in bed asleep. Um, my family have gone to bed already. It's two, three hours after Aisha. I'm still up reciting and I love it and I enjoy it. And I'm, so I'd say start with an intention to fall in love with the Quran and definitely, definitely start with seeking its meanings with the intention of implementing it in your life. So have an intention to fall in love with a book that is going to reshape your life and your future and redefine what it is that's important to you and your values and start a journey that you're never gonna, you know, that you're never gonna be the same again. Shosh always used to tell us, Shosh uh, Ma'il our beloved respected teacher, always used to tell us that the moment you've memorized one liter of the Quran, one liter of the kalam, of of the words of the creator, of everything, you can no longer be the same. Ahmad with one verse of the Quran memorized is not the same as Ahmad before that verse was memorized. Yes, so I'd say be ready for a love story of a lifetime that inshallah counts in our favor. Ya Amin, Amin, Ya Rab. Shukran so much, Brother Ahmad. Really appreciate it. Sheikh Salim, I want to focus specifically on the uncle and the auntie who's listening. Um, and you know like the uncle that we had iftar with one night and he cried in front of us saying how all he wants is to be able to make sajda yeah. um, the uncle and the auntie who who's listening and they can't butcher for whatever reason Allah alam they can't butcher but their passion and their desire and their love for Quran far outweighs what you and I may even have right not that I have much but you know what I mean um, what advice would you give them? Haji, Taja. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept your effort. There is, there is a good in us as long as the soul didn't go out of the rukhul. Mm. Uh, and, and this opportunity to learn. Alhamdulillah, this opportunity to learn. I have seen first-hand people in 60s, in 70s coming and sitting with me and I have personally spent time with them and still able to improve their recitation on a regular basis. I kid you not, from not being able to put letters together or, or words and syllables to being able to join verses, even if it took a second course of a, you know, a learning program. Uh, until that adult or felt now come more comfortable to be able to do that thing. But I mean, it is something that is learnable because Allah Jalla Jalaluhu, the one that created every single thing, He promised that we can all do it. He promised that it's easy for each and every one of us. And He asks, who is there that wants it? Indeed, we made it easy. Who is there that wants it? If you want it and you're ready to commit and you're ready to, you know, give yourself to it then inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless us with Ameen. of the Quran Amin. and I mean as uh, Imam Ghazali would say no, that uh, knowledge uh, doesn't give you a bit of it unless you give it all of yourself how do we give all of ourselves to the Quran uh, we can't definitely on, on, on a day to day man. nobody can spend the entire day not even the half the student will spend his entire day just reading and trying to relip themselves because they can't win. But there's so many aspects that we can implement for us on a daily basis. A tit bit of understanding, uh, a tit bit of recitation of that piece that you try to understand, a repetition, a repetition, a memorization, a repeat in your salah. There's so many options. If we were just focused and had that desire and knew that this is a way that we want to do focus our life with Quran, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a way. Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us all on this journey. Ameen. Uh, and the struggle is real. The struggle is real. I kid you not. Alhamdulillah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have been able to study up until the highest years of, of, of Quran. Alhamdulillah. Um, and it's difficult to, to, to continuously try to improve because of the responsibilities of life. And every single person has responsibilities of life. Kanala, don't think that the person that can already butcher, you know, nah, he's better off. No, the grass is green, there we are standing, nah? and that's for each and every one of us. So, Bismillah, make do with your set of cards and play your game. But uh, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there to guide and to facilitate. And if we communicate with him, then we will be on the right track, inshaAllah. Amin. Amin, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullah khairan. Heartfelt words there by Hafiz Maulana Qari Salim Pick and Hafiz Brother Ahmed Solomon. I really appreciate you guys, man, and your time. And I thank Allah for granting me uh, friends such as yourselves. And I look forward to uh, engaging with you further, inshaAllah. Um, I did ask Zakaria to join us for this, just so by the way, that was going to be like a surprise. He unfortunately didn't respond to me. But uh, we'll continue next time. No, um, surprise. That's all for this uh, episode of this podcast of the Isnad Academy, bringing you authentic knowledge from authentic sources and uh, happy to be with you. And uh, inshallah, catch us in the next one. Jazakumullah khairan. Wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Walhamdulillah rabbil alameen. To you guys and to all the listeners. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.